Possum Podcast. Toot toot. Toot toot and welcome to the Big Howl and Possum Podcast. I'm Big Howl Daddy. Big Howl Daddy. Oh boy, I screwed up there. I said my name was Big Howl Daddy. <laughs> oh, you fool. All right, let's take it from the top, Mr. Possum. <laughs> Sorry about that, huh? Howdy, folks, and welcome to the Big Howl and Daddy Podcast. Oh. Uh. Uh, <laughs> Big Howl. Ah! I guess you gotta start calling me daddy now, cause I you just introduced me as daddy. Oh man, I am really off tonight. I guess I should try this one more time. Okay. All right. All right. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the Big Howl and Possum Podcast. I'm Big Howl Daddy, and I'm a humble pasta. Oh, <laughs> shoot. You're a pasta. <laughs> Oh, man. Wow, we are a wreck tonight. I just, I, we ain't right. All right, last time, let's just promise each other we're going to nail it this time. All right, let's do it. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the Big Pasta and Daddy Dad casting. <laughs> oh, mush mouth over there. Anyway, listen, folks, we are sure goofing up tonight, and that's appropriate, because tonight's show is all about goofs. It's about blunders. Bumbles. Hop aboard the blunderbuss, everybody. Yep, I'm driving and I'm not driving good because it's a blunderbuss. We're going to talk about some of the biggest mistakes and failures in history and also some of the biggest mistakes and failures in our own personal lives, though it may surprise you to hear that uh, that we have any. Yeah, you know, it's hard for me to come up with stuff for this. You know, I could think of all your failures really easy, but when it was coming to mine... They didn't come to mind, which was a failure in itself. But I got to figure it out. Yeah, Mr. Possum, I feel very much the same way uh, towards you. In fact, I, I thought it would almost be easier for me to make a shorter list of your successes than to try to document all your many, many massive failings and uh, mistakes and blunders that you've made. Oh. We'll be back in a second with some historic goofs. You gotta, to you gotta toss it to me, Mr. Possible. Big Al, take us on a tour on the old blunderbuss. What you got? Well, the first great historic mistake I'd like to talk about tonight is the Liberty Bell. Uh-huh. You see, Mr. Possum, back when we first gained independence from not-so-great Britain, as I like to call it, our forefathers made a couple of big old goofs that still ring out to this day. Toot toot. Toot toot. The first was establishing our independence before we had built one single bell factory in this country. Mm. The second was ordering our bell of liberty from the country we just separated from. Now, that's a rookie move, in my opinion. Mm -mm -mm. And as you might expect, they made us a subpar bell. Had a big crack in it right out of the package. 
along with a note that said, no returns, no refunds. Mm-mm-mm. Man, oh, man. And have you ever tried to return a bell anyway, Mr. Possum? The shipping costs on a church bell are not cheap. And back then, it was actual shipping. You have to put it on a ship. Yeah. I mean, it's still we still have ships, but uh, the point stands. Uh, so anyway, we were supposed to have this bold, iconic bell ringing the tones of freedom across the hills and valleys of our great nation, and instead it's showing its crack for change in the local park. But it never gave up. And we never figured out how to fix it because we didn't feel like it. And that's the American way, and that's the America I'm proud to be a part of. And yeah, we've kind of embraced the crack now. We're like, oh no, it's we like that. We actually like this blunder. This is good. This is somehow us. America has embraced the crack in many ways. I think that pulling up your pants is the most unpatriotic thing you can do. Show that crack just like the bell. Well, Mr. Possum, what is your first blunder of the evening? Well, I got a bone to pick with that old law they made called no shirt, no shoes, no service. Oh, boy. Here we go. You know, I mean, what a mistake this law was. What were they thinking? Who made this stinking law? I think maybe somebody walked into a mini mart, as you used to, on a nice summer day with no shoes on, (laughs) and stepped in something. And found it unpleasant. And then said, okay, from now on, everyone else also has to wear shoes because I had an unpleasant experience. Stepping in like some sticky, I don't know, dried big red on the floor. So what? Let me have a sticky old foot. Mm -hmm. That's my B, you know? I mean, think about it. Let's say I'm a Terminator. You know, I'm one of them naked time travelers. I just kind of plop down with an electric ball, and I just kind of land here in your time, and I ain't got no clothes on because the clothes don't travel through time. Everybody knows that. Right. So here I am, a naked feller, and I go to the the nearest store, and I'm going to buy me a shirt, buddy. And they're like, uh, you can't come in here because you're a naked guy. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm forced to just leave. What am I going to do? We know what you're going to do, because it's what every time-traveling naked guy does. I'm going to start a fight with a biker, and I'm going to take his leather clothes and his bike, probably. Yep, that's right. Now look what they did. Exactly. They started an unnecessary fight. Of course, that's why I think all laws should have, like, a little Terminator clause in there. Yeah. Where it's, uh, this doesn't apply to time-traveling Terminators. That makes sense. We need to be understanding. They're from a different time. Big Hal, what's the next stop on the Blunderbuss Tour? The next big goof up I'd like to discuss is the invention of bold party blend Chex Mix. Are you serious? I don't know how something so delicious could be a goof, but go ahead. This historic blooper happened at a Chex plant in Maryland in the late 90s. A truck was due to leave with a shipment of seasoned Chex Mix. A truck... <laughs> A truck was due to leave with a shipment of seasoned Chex Mix at the same time a new truck of seasoning was scheduled to arrive. Whoever managed the times did not take into account the very narrow one-lane road the trucks would meet each other on. The trucks, of course, collided, and the resulting truckload of overspiced Chex Mix became known as Bold Party Blend. I love when you tell the story of George. <laughs> I love when you tell the story. <laughs> 
I love when you tell this story, Big Al. I don't really see this as a goof. I mean, how could something so delicious be a goof, a mistake, a blooper? Well, Mr. Possum, you see, it's dangerous to try to concoct too bold of a party mix at home. And since the advent of party boldness, you can't show up at a party with just regular seasoned cereal in a bowl. And that's why now the head of checks, Doug Mix, is among the most powerful men in the world. Well, again, it doesn't sound like a mistake. It sounds like that's a good thing. Big success. Yeah, great success for Doug Mix, of course. For the rest of us, for us humble, normal people, if you want to have a party, you got to make sure that Chex Mix is seasoned enough. It's got to be bold. It's got to be the party mix. Otherwise, it's not really a party. And I have to say, that's been a tremendous inconvenience to a lot of us. It would be like if, if I got fired from the show and you was just doing this show by yourself, you would be the plain, boring wheat Chex Mix. Well, you certainly are an unconventional flavor grown out of mishap. Ah, well, thank you. That may be the nicest thing you've said to me in a while. Well, Mr. Possum, what's the next goof up you want to talk about tonight? I want to talk about Clear Pepsi. Remember Clear Pepsi? Boy, what a what a goof up that was. That uh, that didn't go anywhere. They canceled that stuff after like uh, six months or something. No, terrible. No, terrible no, 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 no. Them canceling it was a mistake. Clear Pepsi was good. Wait, you think them getting rid of it was the problem? Oh yeah, Clear Pepsi. Shoey. It was clear as day and fizzy as the day is long, but it was a good Coke. You know, it was a good Coke flavor. It was exciting, you know, and then they took it away. That famous Coke flavor that Pepsi is so well known for. Well, yeah, yeah, it's Coke. You know, it's Coke. Clear cap. <laughs> clear. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one day I saw a big, tall glass of sweaty, clear Pepsi sitting there on the counter. And I was like, mmm, that's mine. I went and took a big old swill of it. And it was water, Big Hal. It was water. Uh-huh. Nasty old plain water don't taste like nothing. Boring, good for nothing at all. Disgusting water. And then I looked at the newspaper and it said... Clear Pepsi, gone. Water is a very essential fluid, Mr. Possum. It's the stuff that gives us life. Coke gives me life. I like the flavor of Coke. It's necessary. So what? Water's a hard worker, I'll give it that, but it don't taste good. It don't taste like nothing. I want the taste of Coke when I drink something. And when they mm. took away your clear Pepsi, it made me drink water once. I hate to pull out my interrogation lamp. And expose what may be a fundamental flaw in your thinking, Mr. Possum. I hate to do that. You know I hate to do that. You really don't, but go ahead. But don't you think if there were more Crystal Pepsis around, don't you think you'd be accidentally drinking water all the time because you'd be constantly thinking that it was Crystal Pepsi? And now you know if something ain't Coke-colored, it ain't Coke. Oh... You're right. Well, this is embarrassing. I just wasted a whole thing griping about something that was fine. That's... What a blunder.
Big Al, why don't you talk us through one of history's great mistakes? My next big goof involves the film Inception. Ooh, I love that one. Inception is a 2010 action film about a guy who knows how to get into your dreams. Like Freddy. Exactly like Freddy. But they made some kind of mistake when packaging the film for theatrical release because the ending got cut off leaving millions of viewers unsatisfied and uncertain with how the story concludes. Now, that's very embarrassing to put all this money and effort into a big-budget action film starring Leonardo DiCaprio and then to just accidentally clip off the very end of the film that shows you what actually happens. That's a real big mistake. Wait, I'm confused. And not because we're talking about Inception. It's a confusing movie. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying... What do you mean they chopped off the end of it? What are you talking about? It ended just sort of in the middle of a scene. I don't know if you saw it in the theater, but uh, there were a lot of grumbles and people complaining as they were walking out because the movie just sort of cuts off. What scene? You know, the scene where he's sitting there and the, to- and the top is spinning on the table. Yeah, that's the end of the movie, you dummy. Right, because they, did, because they didn't finish it, because they cut it off before the end. How do you think the movie ended? Well, I don't know, because I didn't see it, right? Now, Mr. Possum, we know that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio has a top that he keeps in his pocket that when he spins it, if it keeps spinning and never falls over, that mean, that must mean he's still trapped in the dream realm, right? Yeah. But if it falls over like normal, like a normal top would, then he knows he's awake. So that's what makes the mistake of cutting off the end before the top either falls over or continues spinning forever, a particularly egregious mistake. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're egregious. That's the point of the movie. Is, you know, he don't know if he's dreaming or not. He spent so much time in the dream world, he's not sure if he's dreaming or not. That's the whole thing. You missed the point. So what you're saying is that he was dreaming the whole time, the whole no, movie. That's what I'm, I'm saying I'm not sure, and that's tight. I like that I'm not sure. That's the ending. Well, that's ridiculous. You're saying if you went to see Ernest Goes to Camp and they cut off the movie 20 minutes before the end and you didn't see whether he saved the camp or not, you'd be happy walking around for the rest of your life going, well, it's kind of more interesting to not know whether he saved the camp or not. Well, yeah, I would have walked out of that theater and I would have put my finger right on my chin and I would have said, hmm, that was interesting. Now that was interesting. Did he save the camp? I'm not sure. I hate not having closure, and I hate being confused. And all I'm asking for from the producers of Inception, who, again, I believe really screwed up here, if they wanted to say that he was dreaming, that top should have spun for 15, 20 minutes minimum. Well, buddy, I just don't know how to talk you out of this. I just don't. I just don't. You might have to do it subliminally while I'm asleep. Meet me in the dream realm. I'll accept you. You think I won't? Meet me in the dream realm and convince me somehow that movies don't need to have endings. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll steal some good ideas when I'm in there. Like ending this segment. What if this segment didn't have an end? Mr. Possum! Go on and tell us about another little goof you won't talk about. Well, it's kind of like yours, except it makes more sense. In the movie The Matrix, I've got a bone to pick with that character, Neo. Okay. And again, this is a show about historic goof-ups, and you're talking about The Matrix. Oh, yeah. Continue. Yeah. 
This is one of the biggest goofs of human history, is when Neo, played by Keanu Reeves, woke up all those fellers that was plugged in sleeping comfortably. There was all these fellers all across the planet that was all bald and naked and sleeping in some pink juice and having good dreams, and he just woke them up and threw them into an underground rave. Mm-hmm. They was asleep. That's rude, Big Al. I, I could not agree more. I, I, you know what? If you offered me a comfortable cocoon that would just sort of jostle me around a little bit, just enough to keep me alive, and then let me just sleep for the rest of the time, and you said all we need in return is to sap your life energy, I would take that deal. Easy. Me too. It'd be easy. You know? But, oh, no. Neil's got secrets. He's got stuff he's got to tell you, so ring-a-ding-a-ding, get up, get out of bed. I mean, it's a, he's like a rooster that nobody wanted. You know, it's like... You got a neighbor that, that gets a rooster one day, and all of a sudden, now you wake up at 5 a.m. every day. I didn't want that day on rooster. In the world after the Matrix, they do call Neo the Great Rooster. Oh, I have heard tell of the prophecy of the Great Rooster that no one wanted. Uh, okay, so maybe it's the not-so-great rooster. Yes, that is. I think the Korean title of the Matrix is the not-so-great rooster. Why don't you take us through the next one? All right, my next blunder is about Jason Priestley. He didn't make no mistake ever in his life. What are you talking about? Well, his life's not over yet, but he did make one big critical mistake at, a, at possibly the worst time to do it. Jason Priestley, heart thought. Jason Priestley, heartthrob, thespian, star, and emotional core of the 90s teen drama 90210, left the show in its penultimate season because he wanted to go follow the bare naked ladies around. Oh, so what? So like he was following around some bare naked ladies trying to hand them back their clothes they dropped or something. Oh, that is so sweet, Mr. Possum. But no, no, I'm not talking about actual bare naked ladies. I'm talking about the band, the bare naked ladies. Oh, okay. I'm embarrassed again. Go on. Well, Jason Priestley saw those guys and said, all right, I'm going to follow these guys around like, like the Grateful Dead. And I'm going to leave one of the most successful shows of the 90s right before the show ends. I'm going to screw up the best relationship that the show ever had between Brandon and Kelly. Yeah. An incredible blunder, Mr. Possman. I get really, really mad every time I think about it. And it makes the veins in my head start to pulse out of my head a little bit. It wasn't a mistake. For him, you see, you're just mad because something you like got taken away. That's all. It's a subjective thing. You value 90210 more than you like bare naked ladies. Well, thank you for trying to be the voice of reason, but Mr. Possum, I have read Jason Priestley's autobiography, and do you want to guess how many chapters of it are fun stories about touring with the bare naked ladies? Uh, a lot of them. Nope. Zero of them are about that. Do you know how many chapters were about being on set of 90210? Probably all of them. 
Almost all of them. Yeah. All right, you're right. You convinced me that was a mistake. He screwed up. Yeah. Big Al and Possum, brave and strong and awesome, speaking truths and tooting toots and having tons of laughs. Big Al and Possum, two good boys hooting and hollering, will comfort you when you are blue and calm you when you're mad. Hey, Mr. Possum. Hey, Big Al. I heard you ran for president. I did, I did. President of what, Mr. Possum? President of America. President of America? That's big. Yes, sir. Were you a Democrat or a Republican? Neither. I ran third party, buddy. Ooh, they call that a spoiler, Mr. Possum. Yeah, everybody hates me. Well, you took votes away from people. No, I didn't. I didn't. You gotta earn votes, Al. Nobody is owed a vote. I'm tired of explaining this. Plus, nobody voted for me anyhow. Ah, I see. Didn't make it to the ballot stage of the whole thing, you know. Well, what was your platform, Mr. Potter? Well, what was your platform? Jeez, old Pete. Now that the race is over, let's talk about this platform. While the race is on, it's all about you're a spoiler. And that makes no sense. And who let you on the stage? Hmm, sounds pretty rough. Third parties get a raw deal, Hal. Everybody up there is promising stuff they can't deliver. Everybody's talking about a world that ain't real. But if you're third party, it's, oh, that's ridiculous. No way that'll ever happen. Ooh, this guy wants to build us some magical candy land that'll never happen. It's not candy land, Big Al. My policies were sound economically and fiscally and politically. I weren't building no dumb old candy land. Okay, so what was your platform? Mostly I want there to be candy everywhere. Like, it seems like we could build a country where most of the structures and stuff are made of candy. Mm-hmm. Like a park bench could be candy. A bus could be candy. You're crossing a creek. There could be stepping stones across the creek. Water made of candy. That kind of stuff. And the water in the creek could be like uh, soda, chocolate. Yeah, something sweet. That sounds expensive, Mr. Possum. Where would we get the money for that? Where'd we get the money for that? Listen to you. Just like everybody else. Dumb as a rock. Where'd we get the money? We make the money, Big Al. Ah, okay. So we go down to the basement where they got the machines that make the money. And we go, you punks got till Christmas to make this $20 billion. And the little gingerbread guys that run the money machines will be like, but that's not possible. And we'll go, well, you make it happen. The gingerbread guys that make the money. Yeah. And to let them know you're serious, you take one of them gingerbread guys and you hold them down and you put his foot in some milk. And he's held together by dough and sugar, buddy. And he'll start to get soggy. And man, does that hurt a ginger man. Jeez. Yeah, they'll get right to work on that money if you know what to do. And you said all this but couldn't get on the ballot. Well, I ran into trouble with the FEC. The FEC, huh? Yeah, they told the cops, FEC, this possum trying to write his name on the ballot. You shoot him dead. Toot toot. Toot toot. Big Al and Possum, brave and strong and awesome, speaking truths and tooting toots and having tons of laughs. Big Al and Possum, both bound for poppers' coffins, will comfort you when you are blue and calm you when you're mad. Mr. Possum, what's your next blunder? Well, this is a personal blunder. This is something from my personal life, Big Al. I never, 
ever should have spliced my jeans with a fly. What a blunder that was. Oh, that was pure folly. I got me one of them jean splicing machines, Big Al. You got a jean splicing machine? Yeah, and I thought it might be tight if I would put a fly in there with me, and then I could mm-hmm. not be a possum anymore, and I could be a fly instead, you know? I mean, people don't like flies either, but at least they can fly around. I have to ask, Mr. Possum, why, why would you not have picked another creature that flies that people like a little more? Like, say, uh, an eagle or, uh, I don't know, a, a bat. Oh, something. don't be a fool. You think I can trick an eagle to get into a gene splicing machine with me? Come on, listen to yourself. Okay. You think if, if you threw a little raw rabbit meat down onto the ground, uh, you wouldn't have an eagle flying in there with you? Well, that's how you accidentally spliced your genes with a dead rabbit. I don't want to be a, oh, I see. Be a pile of rabbit meat. Come on. Fair enough. That's that's true. That's a good point. Um, so what I did right. was I got something more attainable, you know, something that it was a little more me. So anyways, I got this fly in there with me, and we flash bang the whole thing, and, you know, I get out of it, and now I'm turning into a fly, Big Hell, and it stinks. What would you say are some of the worst things about being a fly? Well, I mean, it's disgusting to watch me eat now, for starters. Okay, well, it's always been gross to watch you eat, to be fair. Just your big old messy mouth smacking around and mashing up that food. Yeah, but... Just disgusting. Yeah, but now my teeth are falling out now that I'm part fly. That stinks. Okay, your teeth have been falling out since before I met you. Well, that's true. Yeah, but... I think you were complaining about how your teeth had been falling out the day I met you. Yeah, that's true. I guess it's all that clear Pepsi. Yeah, but something that's happening now that didn't happen before is that, like, I'm constantly rubbing my hands together now. You know, like I'm cold. Like a little fly. Like a little fly does yeah. when it lands on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've you've always done that as well. I've It's actually a, a tick of yours that I've noticed for a long time. Yeah, but... Before I did that, because I had a lot of schemes. You know, I was just like, mmm, I'd rub my hands together. Big Al, what you got in the way of boops and bops? So we're adding boops and bops to the things you can call a you can call a mistake. I like it. We definitely need a few more words. Well, Mr. Possum, this last mistake is uh is both personal and historic. I think uh, it's something very personal to me, but it also had ramifications that probably stretch across the entire globe. A few years back, I was offered an opportunity to audition for a major music label where I would perform in front of the big wigs at Columbia Records. Now, I got all nice and dressed up. I got myself a little in shape. I, I got up there. I performed a few of my songs for them, dancing and smiling and really showing them what a great star I could be, you know, just giving them all of that famous Big Hal Dotty charisma that uh, so many people talk about, right? Yeah. Now, the other band that performed that day was the K-pop boy band BTS. Ooh, BTS. 
Now, Mr. Possum, take a guess which artist they chose to make big stars out of that day. Uh, BTS? That's right. That's right. They chose BTS. They could have had me. They could have had Big Howl Dottie on every billboard across the country. They could have had Big Howl Dottie on SNL. They could have had Big Howl Dottie on the red carpet at the Grammys. But instead, they went with BTS, you know? Well, so there's just no, there's just no sense with some of these people, you know. Big Hal, BTS is one of the biggest, hottest groups in the world. Everybody loves BTS. Well, yeah, but okay, but imagine how big I would be if they had uh, put that effort into me. Do you know what I mean? All right, look, I see what you're trying to do here. You're trying to make this into one of them narratives, like you know, when a publisher looked over Harry Potter. Or a label looked over the Beatles and oh how foolish they look now. But you can't do that when the other group here is BTS, a beloved popular group. It don't work when you do it that way, don't you understand? You're a very charming guy. I love you to death, but you, you ain't seven Korean dudes. You know, you just ain't. You're never gonna be. Mr. Possum, you have the honor of giving us the last big gaffe of the evening, and I'm not talking about your just normal things that you say. <laughs> that, that's a good time to roast the things really, that really I say great. while you're gaffing. Yeah. Well, buddy, the biggest mistake I ever made personally was growing up. I ain't kidding. Oh, yeah. I should have stayed a baby my whole life. Mm -hmm. I, I used to be carefree and hairless and blind. And rode around on my mother's back, having a time. Yeah. Having a time. That does sound fun. But then I just had to grow up, didn't I? Just had mm -hmm. to grow up, had to get bigger. I had to be tall enough to get that cookie jar. And now look at me. I'm tall enough to reach a cookie jar, and there ain't a cookie in the jar. <laughs> oh, boy. You are singing my song right now, Mr. Possum. I feel exactly the same way. I absolutely should have stayed a baby as well. I feel like I was lured into adulthood by the adventurous tales of Boz Skaggs and Kenny Rogers. The promise of relaxing after a hard day of doing some kind of heist that involves a boat, just hanging out with Jimmy Buffett, drinking margaritas. That's what I thought my adulthood would be. And instead, here I am with like a really smelly animal. Talking about a, our biggest mistakes. Yeah, life's funny like that. Well, I'm depressed. Yeah, hey, I tell you what. Fellers kept on telling me when I was a child. They said, son, don't grow up. And I used to think, well, I'm going to grow up behind his back. I'm just going to squeeze real hard and I'm going to get taller. You know, I did that. You did that just to defy them? Yes. Well, now, hold on a second, Mr. Possum. I didn't want to make it clear to you that uh, you would have grown no matter what you did. You didn't actually have to go behind a tree and clench up and stuff and grow. Uh -uh. I could keep growing. I could be like Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Be like Godzilla size, just tottering around the city if I want. But I've learned my lesson. Growing up stinks. You think you could clench your muscles and grow to be Godzilla size? Yeah, it worked when I was a boy. To. It worked when I was a boy. I just clenched, and now look at me. Okay. I mean, do you do you want to try that? No, I don't dare. I like being, this is as grown up as I want to be. Absolutely okay. not. Nice try. 
I think it'd be pretty cool if you were Godzilla size. Mm, careful what you wish for. I'm clumsy, and I know where you live. Well, exactly. So if you were trying to step on my house, that's the last thing you would hit. <laughs> some podcast. Toot toot.